You look so good this morning. I was enjoying our worship together and uh, always laughing at uh, my wife. And she always gives me that look. I got the microphone. And I said, yes, you do. You have the microphone. Internship um, is about men and women, young men and women, who have a passion for the kingdom of God and a passion for ministry. And Valley Community Church, as long as I've been at Valley, we have become a church that disciples and trains people for ministry, whether it be marketplace or in the church. And so you're beginning to experience a greater realm of that. Uh, we have Dr. Remy, uh, Melissa Rufner, and of course, Pastor Ryan that uh, work at Life Pacific University uh, and or teach. And so um, this, is, this is who we are, Valley Community. We are discipleship church. We are known for that. And many people uh, will talk with us and will commune with us uh, to learn more in, in this greater area. And so open your hearts to these young men and women because uh, it's a reality of the anointing that's in your life, that who you are, who you are, when you show that love and that care, you are expressing the anointing of discipleship and ministry. So really uh, understand that. Um, today, um, I'm going to have you in a moment open up to the book of Habakkuk, and we're going to pray in a second. But a lot of times, and I've said this before about seven weeks ago, um, people ask questions regarding tribulation or, or troubles in their life. And one of the first things that we have a tendency to go to if we don't understand the word in the correct fashion, and, and, and let me, when I'm saying that, I want you to understand, I'm not ridiculing anybody. I'm just telling you, the church has failed the body of Christ in the essence of teaching on spiritual things. And when things go awry in our life, we're always wondering why God allowed that. And so in this past year, I have been breaking the ice. I have been... Um, chiseling away at religious tradition and wanting to teach you regarding the truth about spiritual things, the truth about tribulation, the truth about hard times, and where it comes from, what it does, and the heart behind it, and God's heart behind it. And so when we ask why, in this series, I'm going to show you why that tribulation manifests. In many cases, it begins, as we began last week, I introduce you to this series of demonic influence. We've actually used the word, because the Bible does, uh, the word possession, but we gave you an understanding a true understanding of the difference of the words of possession. In other words, an influence, a demonic influence. We find in our world today uh, a possession, a demonic influence that is influencing things in your life and in mine if we allow it to. 
And so this series will show us the victory we have in this area of the world because Jesus Christ has defeated the works of the enemy and that influence that wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy in our soulish aspect of our life, mind, will, and emotions, that we can have victory. But we need, hear me, we need to know the enemy. We need to know how he works. We need to know their identity, the heart behind the enemy. Yes, the enemy has a heart. And in his heart, is to destroy you. And so today's message is entitled, They're Coming After You. They're coming after you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word, for truth, revelation. I come against the influence in the religious circle that has brought untruth and deception. And now we open our hearts to the real truth that we can walk with authority when the enemy comes in like a flood, God, you will raise up a standard. And we just receive that now. The victory is ours to have in every area of our life. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Just a high-five someone as you're seated and say, we win. Go ahead and say that, we win. Well, I've asked you to turn to Habakkuk. That's the, the book in your Bible that the pages are all white and not yellowed by your fingers. Last week, again, I laid a foundation that believers can be in bondage. It's nothing to be afraid of, but it is something we need to be aware of. The goal is we need to know how to get out of the bondage. The victory has been won, but it's pretty sad when there is a multitude of people who love Jesus with all their heart and going to heaven, and they know that Jesus went to the cross, they're born again, their sins have been forgiven but they don't know how to get out of a bondage because they don't know the spiritual truth we're going to give you in this series. Now, we will get there more and more in this series, so I'm, I'm really uh, unpeeling the banana. I'm taking the skin off the fruit here, and I'm beginning to reveal the, the real truth so that you understand how to uh, live in this world. So we're going to basically know how to get free and to proclaim and testify, here it is, our series, that I am free. Go ahead and say that again, I am free. Some of you are not right now, but I want you to continue to proclaim that you are free because Jesus Christ has defeated the works of the enemy. And we're going to unfurl, we're going to, we're going to, unpeel the deception there that uh, you can't win, that you can't stop doing this or you can't get free. Because uh, some of us may need professional help in, in emotional instability, 
But I want you to understand, a lot of it has to do with spiritual things. And when we begin to walk with spiritual things, then when we go get uh, emotional help, there is truth and understanding, and we can truly be free in our lives. Satan is mad about this series, too. So don't don't, um, be surprised that some of the things that you thought you had overcome rise up and wants to show its ugly head to you. Because I am, I am literally uh, opening up the curtain and showing you uh, demonic influence, Satan himself. And we're going to talk about that too. A lot of times people say, Satan's after me. We're going to show you what that really is, okay, according to Scripture. But before we go to Habakkuk, Acts chapter 13, verse 40, I, I want to just set this up here. Paul is at Antioch at Pisidia, and he preaches a message and ends the sermon, powerful sermon, we're not going to go over that, with a caution. And in Acts 13.40 says, Beware therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets, that's in Habakkuk, what we're about to read, come upon you. Then Paul quotes from Habakkuk, but read Acts 13, verse 41. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. Now, Paul here is referencing that God became a man, Jesus. He went to the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day. Salvation uh, took hand. He's speaking to people that still didn't believe that he was the Messiah. He then gives them a reason why they don't believe. And Paul is saying, there is an enemy that is trying to blind you from this truth. And what I'm doing here as your pastor over online and as you watch on the internet I am trying to open your eyes up to the spiritual deception, the religious deception that has caused you to believe that you have to stay in bondage. It's just part of your life and it's God's will for you to be in bondage. If it was God's will for you to be in bondage, then he wouldn't have sent Jesus Christ. So he's trying to blind you from the truth. Then Paul quotes Habakkuk, and we're going to get there in a moment. So turn your Bibles to Habakkuk 1, and we're going to read uh, some of the content of this. I have a lot to say, so there's going to be some passages I'm just going to explain quickly what it's saying. But let's read here, Habakkuk 1, verse 5. In my Bible, it's entitled, The Burden That the Prophet Saw. The Burden That the Prophet Saw. Can I say it this way? It is the burden that I see in the body of Christ. Verse 5, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. The next verse, he is going to bring up now, uh, uh, talk about the, the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans are an Old Testament type of 
demons, demonic influence. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. But the enemy that comes against God's people. The Chaldeans, when they were on this earth, came against their ultimate goal was to bring in captivity, bring in bondage, God's people. Now, verse 6, watch how uh, we can relate this to demonic spirits. Verse 6, Habakkuk 1. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans. Now, watch this. Paul was talking about this in Habakkuk. So now we're going to what he was talking about. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Last week, the word possess means to gain mastery over, not ownership trying to gain control over dwelling places that are not theirs, it says. So in that day, when Paul quoted this scripture, listen closely, the, the, the skeptics would have said, I think Paul is out of his mind. Why would I say that? Because there are no more Chaldeans. The Chaldeans had been utterly destroyed In 539 B.C., no longer, no longer a nation, no longer a people. Jeremiah 50, 51 tells us there will be none left. The Chaldeans were never referred to as a nation or as an ethnicity after that. Because they were an enemy of Israel, once that happened, they were not even really mentioned, all right? Paul says, beware of what was spoken of the prophets and will come upon you, and there are no Chaldeans. So bottom line, they're thinking, Paul, what in the world are you talking about when he was preaching this message? The skeptics of Paul's day would say, Paul's crazy. He's nuts. He's talking about stupid things because there's no more. The skeptics of today would say, have you heard Pastor Gary's message on demonic influence, on demons? He's out of his mind. There aren't any more demons. It just happens, these things. Church family, there are demons, and you better beware because they're trying to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They're trying to take master over, and we're asking God, why does this happen? Why do I get angry all the time? Why do I get offended all the time? Why do I uh, walk in unforgiveness? Why do I have problems in my marriage? Why do I have this? Is because there's a demonic influence that wants to go into dwelling places that are not theirs and hold you in bondage even though you're born again and you're going to heaven. So let me show you things about the Chaldeans that represent demonic spirits. I'm going to give you uh, some words and thoughts 
of what the Chaldeans did when they were on this earth, and they are related from Paul as demonic spirits. All right? First of all, they're thieves. We must understand Satan is the thief. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in studying or reading the Bible many times when it describes Satan, listen very closely, okay, it is really talking about the work of Satan. Pastor, what do you mean by the work of Satan? It's not Satan himself because Satan is not omnipresent. Omni means all. God is omnipresent. God is all present. God is everywhere. Satan is not. God is omniscient. Shunt means science or knowledge. God is all knowledge. God is omnipotent. Potent, or we use the word potent, means power, all, powerful. God is all, powerful. Satan is not. He will lie to you, bring deception over you. Hollywood will show you that he's all-powerful. But when Satan tempted Jesus, that was the real dude. That was Satan himself. Jesus merited Satan's full attention. All right? People say, Satan came to me. I really don't think so. He's not omnipresent. Satan has an army of demons, and they do his work. And last week, I told you where I felt, where I sense, where I think I know, where demonic or demons have come from. And you can go back next, last week and listen to it again if you were not here. So Satan did, let, let me say, say this. Jesus said one time, There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Shouldn't the woman be loosed from this whom Satan had bound? Satan didn't have her bound, but through one of the demonic or demons, demonic influence, a spirit did. So she was bound. So it's important we understand that there is an army of demons whom the Bible talks about the work of Satan. Psalm 83, I'm going to read this quickly. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for possession. Hello, sheep. Who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. They're gods, you're gods. God owns you. God owns you, not the devil. He doesn't have power or authority over you unless we're deceived and we're influenced with this demonic influence. You need to know if you are going after God, they're coming after you, the demonic influence. 
Well, let me give you the definition of Chaldeans. And it's found in the exhaustive dictionary of Bible names. Chaldeans, as it were, demons, root, to lay waste or to destroy wanderers. They wander around. That's what the Chaldeans did. They wandered around trying to destroy every other nation. But God put a stop to it and destroyed them. Now, I want you to understand, God put a stop to Satan's influence and power and authority. Hello? At the cross, and it's still that way, and so we do not need to be influenced. When we talk about Satan's authority, it wasn't his authority, it was God's authority. I need to go on. I could spend hours on that. <clears throat> In Matthew 12, 43, verse 45, Jesus says this about demons. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. When he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put to order, in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Notice it says when he comes back, it finds the house swept in order, and the key word is empty. This is talking about an unbeliever becoming born again. When Jesus Christ forgives our sin, that all sin is removed. <clears throat> okay? Remember the word? Empty. You have become born again. But how many times have you experienced in your friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, how many times do people get saved, they change their lifestyle, and align, try to align their, their lives in order, but they don't fill their house with the Word of God. They're born again, but they became religious. This is why it's so important for you not to just attend Valley Community Church. The picture here Jesus is talking about is the demons go and find they are born again, that Jesus has delivered them from sin. But when they get there, there's no word. There's no discipleship. They haven't become a member of a church. They don't know the vision. They don't go to OSL, discipleship. They don't attend every Bible study when we open the door. They don't journal. They don't pray. They don't get involved. They don't volunteer. You need to fill your house, your soul, with the Word of God. Well, let me say it again. How many of you know some that get saved and they did well for a while, but they didn't fill their house, and the bondage came back seven times stronger? Are you hearing me, church? We are in a war. We need to fill our house with ammunition. And your ammunition is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Pastor Dan always talks about memorization. Pastor Ryan always talks about worship. 
You need to sing worship songs that have the word in it. There are some worship songs I don't sing because some worship songs are not biblical. Amen. We sing biblical songs. God said, as the Chaldeans were never conquered until they were destroyed. All right? God used the enemy all through the Old Testament to teach his children to call out to him. It is the same today. We don't think we need God until we're in trouble. How many of you know people that, you know, life is about everything else except God and church and the Word of God? But they're born again, they're going to heaven. Yeah, they're going to church and they're going to heaven. They love Jesus. But their life is about everything else. Another thing about the Chaldeans who took over Babylonian, you'll remember this story. Remember King Nebuchadnezzar? He was a Chaldean. The Chaldeans conquered Babylon and Assyria Remember the 90-foot golden image? Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Those were the Chaldean names that they gave them. Now listen to that. Just, just really see the heart behind the work of the enemy. All right? Those were the names given to them. Their real names were Hananiah, Michael, and Azariah. They're biblical names. When Nebuchadnezzar came in, he took two things. He conquered Israel, and he took two things. So the two things is what Satan wants to steal using his army because Satan and demons are thieves. Now, read this later. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it talks about that they took the treasure of Israel and their young people, future leaders. Notice when you read it, young men or young future leaders. Remember, they brought them in, they, they taught them the language, they fed them you know, from, food from the king's table, all the different things. They taught the language and literature of the Chaldeans to them. Today, what is the world trying to do? Change your identity and your language. It is the same thing. Everything that was, now is not. This is how you need to speak. This is how you need to identify people. And we see it. The enemy has done the same thing from the beginning. All right? Verse 5, Daniel 1.5, I want to read this. And the king appointed to them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. So the two things the Chaldeans took are, as we know, Satan does with his demonic influence army. He took the tithe, gold and silver from the temple, and future leaders, our young people. The reason we call our youth group identity is the world is trying to train them in their language and their literature. 
Remember uh, in the Old Testament where they would they cross the river and God had them put stones in and then take stones out of the river and put it to the side. Why? So that when your children and your children's children will ask you questions why the stones, you will tell them what God did. You will tell them their history. Trying to remove history. We want to train them in the Word of God. That's why we have identity. That's tonight at 6 o'clock. Notice again they took the tithe. It's what they put in their mind and they put in their body that belonged to God. They took the tithe and they used that to afford all the training for these future leaders. So they stole the tithe. First John tells us that it's the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. Remember, we talked about this, lust of the flesh is what you do with your body and what you put in your body. Lust of the eyes is what you put in your mind and what you see to try to make you smart. That's what they were doing. Pride of life relating uh, to the tithe is the arrogancy that you can make it your way and not God's way. That's why Moses was so blessed. Because the Bible says that he knew God's ways. And he literally talked face to face. Remember those messages? He talked face to face. Why is that? It's because he knew God. We have to be arrogant to steal from God. So just let me just pause here a second because I'm being very strong because this is a way of really hearing and understanding things is when someone flows like I did and just became real strong there at the end. I don't want to argue with you or make you feel condemned, but non-tithing is an open door. We're going to talk about open doors and closed doors. Remember that terminology, everyone's open the door, close the door, all the different things. Well, we're going to really talk to you what the Bible really says about open and closed doors. See, non-tithing opens the door for the enemy to come in. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did, is he stole the tithe and stole the next generation. And you know the end of that story, what happened to that 90-foot idol. So let's have breakthrough. Let's not miss one message here. Let's go over it during the week. Let's watch it again online because we need to recognize what God is saying to the church today. We have come through the bondage of sickness and disease in our world. And we need to understand that bondage is not for you and me. So be healed in Jesus' name. So they're thieves, Chaldeans. Second one, they're vicious. Habakkuk 1, verse 7 through 9. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives 
like sand. So it begins to discuss wolves and everything. So uh, they're like leopards or horses, wolves and eagles that are hungry. I could spend a long time on all of those too. All right, but let's talk about wolves. Scripture talks about wolves quite a bit. Um, they describe the enemy as wolves. Ezekiel twenty two twenty seven says, her princess in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood, to destroy people, and to get dishonest gain. Those were Chaldeans. Those are demonic spirits. Again, it refers to the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. Zephaniah 3.3. 3. Her princess in her midst are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave not a bone till morning. <clears throat> they feed at night. I don't walk in fear. But I'm not going to go for a walk at 1 o'clock in the morning. Amen. I don't, I don't walk in fear. If I feel led of the Holy Spirit to go for a walk at 1, I'm going to. But I'm also going to be praying in the Spirit. I, I told you this story quite a few years ago. When I was in uh, Bible college, Life Pacific, uh, I was in Echo Park, and I had to walk a mile and a half to go to work. And both ways uphill. You know how that is. But anyways, I, I, would, I would go to work and in Echo Park. And there was one night, Friday night, I would get off at around 11, 11.30 at night. And so I'd walk back to the Bible college, the dorms. And as I would walk back, I'd be praying in the Spirit. And one time, uh, I was walking back and a guy walked up to me and says, um, Do you have a quarter? I said, Sir, I'm sorry, I don't have a quarter for you. I didn't lie. I had quarters in my pocket, but I said, for you. And I tried to go around. He stepped over. He said, no. I'm saying, do you have a quarter for me? I said, sir, again, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't have a quarter for you. And uh, all of a sudden, I stood there. Okay, all right. I'm praying in the Spirit, in the name of Jesus, but I have fists too, so I'm ready, right? And uh, so all of a sudden, he went like this, reared back, and he froze, just like, looking at me. And so I, this man of God that was going to, you know, speak the word over him and pray for him and deliver him everything, I saw that and said, praise God, I took off running. <laughs> and back then, I used to run quite a few miles. And so I ran all the way back to the dorm, got in. Someone was sitting in the, the meeting area. What's up? I said, oh, nothing. You know, it scared me. But through the years, I've learned demonic spirits. I've learned demonic influence when they would raise their ugly head. And I, and I, I see that. So the best thing you can do when you can't sleep is read the Bible and pray. So don't go for a walk at 1 o'clock unless you're led. Acts 20, verse 29 says, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. They don't care. They don't care if they're a good person. We see funerals all the time. He was such a wonderful person. Why him? Demonic influence, demonic attacks. Even though they were great people, they didn't truly understand what was going on. Jesus Christ has given you authority to overcome the attacks of the enemy, those wolves. So Paul said, when I leave, wolves will come. He's saying, I want to tell you, I'm... I'm 
teaching you the Word of God. You became born again. The moment I leave, these wolves are going to come and check out your house. They're going to check out your house. You have the Word of God in it, and they will deceive you, they will influence you, and they will steal, and they will kill. So the question then, church family, do you literally believe Paul is talking about wolves here in that Scripture? No. They didn't go out and buy wolf traps after that. They didn't do that. He was talking about demons, and they will go after the sheepfold. I I had read this years ago, and I want to read this to you. The Lord did not teach us about predators to teach animal control or children's fables. Wolves and sheep cannot coexist when wolves appear most casual and innocent, even interesting to watch. They're actually studying you sizing you up for an attack. The more indifferent they seem, the more serious the danger. They are preparing for the pack attack. The more comfortable they appear, the more deadly the wolves are. Wolves are vicious. They look for weaknesses. There are wolves and you are sheep. Let me say it again. Demonic influence are wolves and you are sheep. They attack the ones on the fray also, as Scripture says, on the outside. So what do I say to that? Church family, be involved and don't stand on the outside. Don't allow the enemy to tell you, people don't like me, that's not my personality, that's not who I am, get involved in the body of Christ. Be here at the Bible studies. I'm too old, I'm too young to OSL. No, you're not. We will work with you. In January, when we begin OSL again, and we open that up, praise the Lord, such a major aspect of our church, is that get involved. Well, I tried that. Don't try it. Do it. Get involved. I'm telling you, because the enemy comes in, and you might think everything's comfortable. I got money in the bank. I got all this. The enemy will come in and steal your finances and destroy your health and will steal your children and your children's children if you don't watch it. I'm pausing and smiling at you because this isn't about fear. This is about truth, church. This is about how I live my life. There are times I will react quickly to things and there are times I will not because I'm led of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, you're a pastor. You've been doing that for 43 years. No, I'm a man of God. That if I stopped doing that, filling my house, if I stopped filling my house with the word of God, I open the door for the enemy to come in and steal from me and become vicious and destroy areas of my own life. And it's not out of fear. It's out of faith. 
because I've been called of God. You've been called of God. You've been anointed of the Holy Spirit to do great things for the kingdom of God. But we must understand spiritual things. This is how bad Satan is. He would thrust a sword through every newborn baby. Oops. He's doing that now, today. The same way he did when Moses was born and Jesus was born. There is an amazing move of the Holy Spirit. And every time there was an amazing move of God in our world, they went and they killed babies. There's a battle going on right now, folks. And we need to really begin to look at this. This is demonic influenced in that battle of that area. So the Bible says demons do not respect the young or the old. So number one, they're thieves. Number two, they're vicious. And number three, they're cunning. Remember, they have taken crafty counsel against your people. Where's that counsel come from? Nebuchadnezzar became king, and it was set up by going into Babylon before and befriending them for 10 years. Then, years later, he conquered them. They became friends. Oh, yeah, it feels good. Feels good. They became friends, and then he destroyed. That's why he became king. Chaldean is a term synonymous with an astrologer, a magician, or a sorcerer. I'll say that again. Chaldean is a term synonymous with an astrologer, magician, or sorcerer. Daniel 2.2 says, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. What do they do? A magician distracts you so he can deceive you. You ever been distracted by worry, by situations? That is there to deceive you. Here's the second. A sorcerer deceives you by actual spirits, spirits that tell you your future. You know, when you gave that tithe, you know what's going to happen. Your refrigerator is going to break. You know, when you gave to that person in the courtyard because you were led of the Holy Spirit, you know what's going to happen. You're going to default on your rent. That's what's going to happen. Don't you give. All right? Sorcerer. An astrologer tries to determine your future by natural events you have no control over. Black cat walks across your path. What do you do? Right? All of a sudden, something happens, you know, in your life, naturally. What are they trying to do? Is they're trying to tell you what your future is and say you don't have any control over that. Let me ask you this. Has God called you? Amen. Has God given you a vision? Amen. 
Has God given you purpose? Yes. Amen. All right? Don't be distracted. Don't be deceived. Don't back away from what God's called you to be and to do because of natural events. Your car breaks down. Let me tell you, it's an engine that will break one day. Spark plugs don't last forever, even though some of you think they do. Change them after 100,000. I had a car with 250,000 miles on it. Instead of God, he says, the stars can tell you your future. There's someone else that can tell you your future. Even false prophets. Don't read your horoscope. Only read the word of God, Jesus Christ. Demons try to distract, deceive, and determine your future. So back in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 1.15, they, the Chaldeans, take up all of them men with a hook, it says. Verse 14 calls uh, men fish. Verse 15 continues, they catch them in their net and they gather them in their drag net. Let me explain this verse. They basically put what bait you like in front of you. God, what are you saying to me? Please lead me. All of a sudden, here's a hook and a bait. Don't be led by natural. Be led by the Spirit of God. And when you live your life in that way, that that you will, when you see the bait there, you won't take the bait. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles is the strategy of the devil. Means the methods and the schemes of the devil. Satan is not running around also in a red uh, suit or red underwear with a pitchfork. Satan has an army and he is organized. So don't write this down. I'm quickly going to say this to you. You can listen to it later. There are seven categories of demons listed in the Bible. Thrones, lordships, rulers, authorities, principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, evil and unclean spirits. That's the devil's army. Daniel 7.25 speaks of Satan. says this, He shall wear out the saints of the Most High. How does he do that? persecution. In this world, you will have tribulation, persecution, but be of good cheer. Jesus Christ has overcome that influence. And we have to rise up, church. We have to rise up and stop speaking the things we used to speak because naturally we see stuff going on. We need to stop being offended. We need to stop walking in unforgiveness and understand that is demonic influenced. Even though someone did you wrong. Last series, we talked about that. Satan will attack you when you're weary. How many of you don't Sabbath? How many of you don't rest? Because you're so worried about life. You don't rest. Church, rest. Rest. I don't rest on Sunday morning. You don't rest on Sunday morning. But there's a time that you rest. I slept in last night. 
I went to bed at 8.30 in the, in the evening. Amen. I used to go to bed 9.30ish. But I was tired. I had a busy week. So I slept in. I still got up. But matter of fact, I woke up earlier today. I woke, woke up at five minutes to five. I was on the road at 5.30. Get over here because I needed to do some prayer because I am beating some satanic behind in my office praying. Because I no longer, I no longer, I'm going to handle the stuff of this world in this place. And I'm going to walk in the authority of God's word and we're going to see God do great things. And I'm tired of your children and your children's children not serving the Lord if they're not serving the Lord. I'm calling them in today. In Jesus' name, your children and children, grandchildren will be saved. I'm calling in healing, and I am doing that. Listen, I've traveled all over the world, and I've seen miracle after miracle, and I'm done with no miracles in this place. I'm calling out miracles for you. And these things are going to happen. In January, I'm meeting with some the shepherd elders on Saturday. And we're going to begin talking about these things, about spiritual wickedness. We're going to talk about the spiritual authority we have. And we're going to set up up times. We're going to fill your house with the Word of God. So that when we come and anoint with oil with the elders, the ministry elders, and we pray for the sick, we're going to start again the beginning of the year. We're going to see the miraculous move of God. That's what this is about. And you need to invite your friends. You need to invite your, your family, your coworkers to church, and all those that are watching online, you invite people to your home. If you still are not able to come to church, you invite your people and friends, family, whatever, at your home, and you have a party in your home, and you listen to the Word of God, because it will change and transform your world. That's what's happening at Valley Community Church. Hallelujah. I'm ready, folks. I tell you what, by 7 o'clock this morning, I was so pumped. I tell you, I, I think the walls were breathing, you know. Was... So, Satan will attack you when you're weary. The Chaldeans' demonic influence are the ones who stole from Job, and Satan was given permission. That's in the spiritual realm. When we're not filling our house... In this series, we'll talk about how to get that permission uh, back or open door back. We will begin shutting some of those doors that have been open all your life to demonic influence. You know, Abraham was born in Chaldea. Isn't that awesome how God is? God called him out of Chaldea. He came out of Chaldea and bore Israel. Then they went into captivity of the Uh, Chaldeans in bondage. Why? Because they disobeyed. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around, demonic influence, about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be sober means be in control. Some of you say, can't drink now. I got to be sober. No, it's talking about being in control. Scripture says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
it says there, be out of control, but under control of the Holy Spirit in uh, Ephesians 5.18. Did you hear that? It literally says, be out of control by allowing the Holy Spirit to be in control. I'm no longer in control because the Holy Spirit's in control. And because the Holy Spirit's in control, I see the Chaldean trying to mess my life up. And I go after that. So listen very closely. I'm going to close here. Matter of fact, let's all stand. I gave you so much today, you need to watch this again. Listen to it again. Podcast. MyVCC.org, or if you were on, I just lost the term. Anyways, that's all right. Click on it. You know what I'm talking about. And you'll find it. He is telling us, do not be under any other influence but the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit lead you to? Lead you to Jesus, the Word of God. What does Jesus and the Holy Spirit lead you to? Father God, the lover of your life. Don't be afraid. Just be vigilant. He is just a roaring lion. Revelations 5.5 says this. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. You know the real lion? You know who who he is? His name is Jesus the Christ. That's your life and mine. So when you have the shepherd, Jesus, and follow him, you will not fall. You won't. Your shepherd is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm just an under-shepherd. I lead you to him through the teaching of the Word of God. I'm like you. I need to fall on my face before God all the time. Ah, There's nothing like that quiet place with the Lord. Amen. Matter of fact, tonight, 6 o'clock, I start that new series. We're going to be talking about that quiet place. We're going to be talking about that place we can set with God. Not being spiritually weird. Uh, You know, I, I, I ain't weird. I'm just telling you, I'm not. I love to have fun. I love to joke around. I love to play sports. Amen. I do. I just let the young people now play softball. I played high-level baseball. Man, I love sports. I played hockey. Love crashing with someone into the boards. That was fun. That's probably why now sometimes I'm a little sore (laughs) when I was young. But the reality is, hear my heart, Jesus Christ has won your victory. Victory is yours. But you can't have victory if you don't know your enemy. And you can't have victory if you're not born again. Being born again means you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord. And when you do that, the Bible says, then you will be saved. And when that happens, then that's your journey. Your house has been cleaned. Now your journey is to fill it with the truth of the word of God. Amen. Can I pray for you? You know, we used to do this all the time. If you're comfortable, join the hands of those next to you. If you're not, that's fine. Don't look at the person weird. If you're comfortable, just join the hands of those next to you. Father, thank you for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You rule and reign, Jesus. Devil, you have no place in this house. The Word of God will prevail at Valley Community. The Word of God will prevail, will prevail in our homes, in our businesses, in our jobs, in our relationships. will prevail in our hearts and our souls. Thank you, Father, for the Word of God and truth that we now have been set free. We are free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. See you tonight at 6 o'clock.